Hello everybody and welcome to the Star Trek Rewatch podcast by Nerdific.com. This is the podcast where we are re-watching the entirety of the Star Trek universe, the Star Trek catalog, starting at the beginning of the timeline so far, which happens to be Star Trek Enterprise. Today we're talking about Star Trek Enterprise Episode 8. My name's Gabe, I'm here with Jason. Hey Jason. Peldor Joy, Gabe. Nice. Well, this episode is called Breaking the Ice. And Jason, this episode has a huge roster change with respect to the production and the direction and the writing. Oh. This is, I believe, the first episode not written by Brandon Braga and Rick Berman. Mm-hmm. The credits on this one, written by a husband oh husband and wife team, Maria and Andre Giacometin, who are famous for producing, I believe, the first season of Mad Men, which is a great show. Oh. Directed by Terry Wendell, who has directed a, a bunch of Voyager and also Enterprise episodes. Oh. And featured music by Dennis McCarthy, who has done a lot of Star Trek music and won some Emmys and been nominated for some Emmys for it. But I thought it was interesting that they they switched it up like that. You know, I, I'm sure it was a lot of work for Rick Berman, and I'm sure they were looking forward to lightening the load and kind of letting someone else kind of shoulder some of the, the weight there. Last episode, Jason, I think we need to talk about to transition in this one. In the last one, Archer had put to Paul in a rough spot, in my opinion. He had... I would totally agree. Yeah. He he basically sided with the Andorians in their little dispute, or their major dispute, I guess. Mm-hmm. And given the Andorians' evidence that the Vulcans were spying on them... To, to Paul, she didn't like quit the Enterprise. She she didn't necessarily side with the humans, but she had to follow orders, and they made a point that she follows orders, and that's important to her. So, at any point where Archer ordered her to partake in those events, she followed orders. And I was wondering, the reason I bring this up, I was wondering how they were going to handle that going forward, because... It would just be crazy awkward. I mean, there's a lot of scenes. It's clear that the captain eats with the sub-commander. You know what I'm saying? They they eat mm-hmm. together. And so, mm-hmm. like, is it going to be crazy awkward that she's going to feel betrayed or feel, like, completely torn? And, you know, in television, they don't necessarily have to address things head on or you just kind of can head headcanon, which is a word I like, that they... Okay. They perhaps dealt with it off episode. And in this case, it, it literally could just be that because this was written by a different team, that they just weren't prepared to, to deal with something that had happened prior. You know, they, the, the episode literally could have been shot before. You know what I'm saying? Just the way schedules work. So who, who knows? Who knows? But maybe it'll come up later. Um, but that that was something that I was looking for coming into this one, and and it did. I I think there was a component that we could speculate maybe 
that that to pull was dealing with the fallout from that previous one so we'll get there in a second so this episode is about the enterprise comes out of warp speed they come up on a comet it's like an icy comet with it with the tail and archer's fascinated by it and he's like let's go check it out to paul's like we vulcans don't really care about these things but then archer's like aha it's bigger than any comet in any of the records vulcan or human um and so you know this is a cool discovery it's the biggest one in history Mm-hmm. And they they also d- determine that it's going to have a a big a deposit of a uh, it's called a psyllium, a rare yeah. a rare mineral. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a rare mi- mineral that the Vulcans hadn't really studied in detail. So they decide. Uh, you know, they can't transport it straight from the comet because it's too deep down, the Sicilium. So they, they send down Lieutenant Reed and Mayweather. They're, they're going to go drill down into the comet and take mm-hmm. out some of the stuff to study it. Um, so, you know, in this show, Jason, we do character highlights. So because Reed is the one who goes down there and we haven't necessarily talked about him yet, I think this now would be a good time to talk about him. So... He's Lieutenant Reed, played by Dominic Keating, he, uh, an English television, film, and, and theater actor. Uh, he's done various uh, film and television and a lot of voiceover, honestly. But I think this is probably his biggest role. Jason, what does Reed do on the Enterprise? Uh, yeah, so he's the armory officer. He's the weapons officer on the on the Enterprise. Right. So probably uh, so tactical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and in a previous episode, he was the one kind of in charge of honing in the pro the proton. I want to say proton torpedoes, but that's not right. Photon, excuse me. Right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm, Thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, one thing I wanted to ask you is because he he has an accent, an, an English accent. You know what? Are there parallels between these characters and the original show? Obviously, T'Pol would be the counterpart to to Spock. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not gonna say that. Oh, maybe I might. Um, he probably is like you know, he's probably the the equivalent to Scotty in in a little in a little way. Um. You know, he reads English. Uh, Scotty was Scottish, but yeah, I I think this is, I think this definitely does dovetail into, um, into what the original Gene Roddenberry casted crew of the Enterprise um, wanted to was going was, um, and that was, and that's a representation of Earth. So was Scotty? What was Scotty's role? He was the chief engineer. Okay, so he was a so he was Tucker, Tucker's. Yeah, son. yeah, yeah. So not exactly the 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 exact parallels, but I think a re- a good representation of the human population on Earth is what they're trying to establish here, and that's what 
they established on the original series. Okay. You know, the first Asian... I mean, strong Asian male representation on board. A Russian, you know, on board the Enterprise from, you know, uh, Mr. Uh, Chekhov. So I think I think that's what they're trying to accomplish here at this uh, on on Star Trek Enterprise. Okay, well, because you know we hadn't talked about Reed yet, but in the very first mm-hmm. episode in in the pilot part one. When they're when they introduce us to the transporter, Reed is the one who does the exposition on it, and mm-hmm. and, and yep. then him talking an accent. To me, I, I I thought maybe they were trying to conjure the beam me up Scotty thing. <laughs> maybe, probably, yeah, maybe I could see that. Okay. Well, so anyway, Reed and Mayweather go down on a little shuttle. They're gonna drill down. They have to blast off a little bit before they drill down. Uh, you know, Mayweather says that he hasn't seen snow or he's only seen it twice before. Um and and so they're they're excited to go down, but they they make a comment. They say I think I think Mayweather says something like I've never been on a comet and Reed goes, "Has anyone?" Yeah. 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 And so I just wanted I was like, wait a minute! Didn't they just establish in the Terra Nova that they had built bases? But, but I think it, what it was is they had built bases on asteroids. Yeah. So, so I had to go look up the difference between a comet and an asteroid, and I didn't know um, that that they're necessarily like I knew there was two different words, but I didn't really know the details of what was different. And just, just my sort of passing inquiry into it: comets are usually icy with tails. Yes, and asteroids are usually more metallic, rocky, and without yes, tails. Yes, but th- yes. Those aren't necessarily hard and fast rules, but just I think in general that's how it goes. And they have different orbital sort of patterns, and also asteroids being more metallic and rocky, I think can be closer to to the sun. Yeah. Um, but that's the difference. But it, I don't think it has anything to do with size. So. It seemed like, you know, in theory, they could have built a base on one of these before, but maybe it's too icy, too unstable. Um, but we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully we get to visit an asteroid base later on. But that was just one of those little things. I wanted to make sure they weren't, they weren't contradicting something that was previously established. And so they go down and they, they're digging around. And the thing is, is that... As they're there, a Vulcan ship comes and, like, comes and says, hey, what's up? <laughs> and uh, they they hail them, and the Vulcans basically say, we are just here to observe you. <laughs> um, yeah. We're just going to make sure uh, we're just interested in you to see what you're doing. And Archer's like, uh, okay. You know, we, do you think we, this has anything to do that harkens back to the last episode? Yes. So that that's what okay. that's what I wanted to get to is that I, I I think this is how they sort of addressed it without it being some huge drama. Is that? Mm. Oh, so you think they they this is the way that they address it? Well, well, um. Let's talk about the the next part, and then I'll here, okay. I'll tell you yeah. what I think. Okay, okay, So, you know, this Vulcan ship is now sharing the space with them while while they're drilling down below, 
And uh, um, in the engine room, Tucker sees some like interference. There happens to be this like encrypted message that mm-hmm. comes through. The um, Sato decrypts it, or t- and and then says, "Okay, you need to run this through the uh, so translator." Tucker finds out that it's it's transmitted to to Paul specifically. Right, they can tell that just from yeah. from their their equipment. So Sato's like, "All right, you need to run this through the translator. I don't want to read it because it's, you know, she doesn't want to betray to Paul." Um, right. So Mayweather does that before giving it to Archer. Um, so he reads it, and then he finds out it's a very personal message, and he tells that to Archer. He's like, "You can order me to give it to you, but you're gonna regret it." And Archer's like, "You're a good man. I'm not gonna read it." But but then Tucker's like, you know, I feel like I betrayed to Paul. I'm not going to be able to look her in the face. Uh, I, I'm just going to feel guilty. I need to come clean. So he, he confronts her. And we find out that this personal thing that now only Tucker knows is that to Paul was in an arranged marriage situation. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And her marriage was supposed to, her wedding was supposed to take place, but it was postponed a year because of this mission. But now the Vulcans, specifically the husband's family who, who um, set her up, is like, no, you need to do it now. It gave her an ultimatum, basically. Yeah. And so that bring that finally brings me to the point of perhaps the drama from the previous episode cause a rift and now they don't approve of the the culture the the society the vulcan society maybe doesn't approve of to paul being on this mission and maybe this is one of a this is a mechanism to get her on the right side in their minds Mm -hmm. it's just me speculating you know you know they don't say anything like this in the episode but uh, that's uh just my speculation what do you think of that like, do you think they would have done that if if T'Pol hadn't been wrapped up in this Andorian incident in the previous episode? That's a good question. I um I probably I I I would probably tend to agree with you a little bit more. And this is the beginnings of the unra the unraveling not unraveling wrong word the probably the increased amount of tension that will probably that might happen between Vulcans and Captain Archer because of what he did and exposed them in the last episode but yes mm-hmm. i think this is i think i think this is i think we're just scratching the surface i don't think this is going to be the this is going to be the only thing i think this will have a, i think this will have long term and bigger effects mm-hmm and impacts later on but yeah i I agree with you right and you know the thing is jason there's a lot of there's a lot to unpack here with this Uh, yeah so let's just start with the vulcan ship it's the tamir and tamir yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's captain vanik yep so when they hail him he's very very vulcan he's like 
um, comes across as rude. But yeah, you know, yeah. I think I think in their mind they're just they're not emoting, right? And but he comes across as uh, arrogant. Yeah, he does. Yeah, <laughs> and and you know, Tucker's still trying to be diplomatic. I mean, sorry, Archer's trying to be diplomatic, Archer, yeah. mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. actually invites Vanek on board. Vanek actually comes mm-hmm. to. Uh, quote unquote eat dinner with him but mm-hmm. he actually doesn't eat he just kind of sits there and scowls because <laughs> i already ate they're like do you want some tea he's like i only drink water and it, he seems like he has just contempt for the humans and it, it was again i was wondering like just jason the Vulcans in this show, is this the most that we've explored Vulcans in Star yes. in Star Trek? Yes. This is this is a new side of Vulcans that we get to explore. Yes. Cause in the in the last episode when they go to the monastery, there's full of all these um Vulcan society like lore points. And yes. and I thought not knowing, I assumed that those things were all, all previously established. Like, um, to Paul, you know, does this nasal numbing agent because she can't stand the smell of humans, and that's something that all Vulcans they they don't like the way humans smell. Just there's just this whole list of things that I was like, oh, I bet, I bet every one of those ties back to some previous no. episode or no, movie. But... No, 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 no. They, they they are now building on more of the culture and more of the nuances. We're getting Vulcans who would you say lie? I mean, they lied basically last episode mm-hmm. about certain things, um, and they usually don't do that. That wasn't even Spock's, you know. <laughs> um, that wasn't even Spock's excuse or you know reinterpretation of exaggerating or implied or something of that nature to which he has done before but he's half human uh and but this is a new side these are these are new side of the vulcans um of vulcan culture and of, of the people and this is new this is a little new well, and the show is very Vulcan centric. It is from the get go. It is, it is. And, it, and that makes sense that they that this show would be Vulcan centric because that's the. Ooh, I'm not going to say that. Uh, that they are the big. They are the senior partners and mm-hmm. of human exploration into space and probably one of the more important relationships that the Federation oh soon to be Federation has <laughs> in the early stages. Okay. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if if by the end of this series or or in between this series and the whatever mm-hmm. the rest is that they they show them taking a Maybe not a backseat, but a lesser role for yeah. for a specific reason, because right now they seem to be the the like world the the universe police. Yeah, 
in, in the a, galaxy yeah mm-hmm. yeah the galaxy police Jesus, or um archer says something like he says something like you know you vulcans for as much as you don't like to explore you're all over the place you're uh, yeah <laughs> everywhere i go there's a vulcan ship and then he mentions yeah some previous other incident uh in a in a other scene he says they they were um they were exploring something and there was a vulcan ship and they tried to like hail them and they went towards them but the vulcan ship yeah. warped away and yeah and so you kind of get this feeling that they're the Vulcans are like this big brother. Well, I mean, privately in one of the scenes, in one of the early scenes of the episode, he kind of, he kind of, um, he kind of complained to, not complain, but, you know, he was, he mentions his aggravation and his frustration that they were, quote unquote, looking over his shoulders Mm -hmm. to to Paul. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. but then, but then, which is, but then the captain, um, you know, in the interest of, again, that cooperation and, and this is again, the Star Trek thing, but the, the cooperation, he agrees to let Captain Vanek, uh, on board and, you know, to observe. Mm-hmm. Right. And then Vanek. So he does the, so he, so he does the bigger thing. Mm-hmm. Vanek says something like humans hold little interest to me and i think archer finally just has it and he goes before before like letting vanek go you know he he says something like why are you spying on me or when are you going to stop spying on me right and then vanek's reply is your your arrogance um is your enemy not us and if you were spying on us, you you wouldn't know. You would never see us. So yeah, and he has a good point. Vanek does. I mean, even though they are like intruding and and kind of you know playing playing games with them. I mean, it's it, it's like in the real world when there's some kind of disputed airspace and like two different um, militaries kind of they don't have they don't engage in combat but they kind of like Mm -hmm. fly near each other and stuff and those type of games that that people play like that it seems like that's kind of what's going on but but he's right though if if they were spying on them i don't think the humans have the technology to actually detect if if they were truly being spied on Although last week's episode, they <laughs> right kind of <laughs> they exposed. did find the yeah yeah well and so but but and then it goes back to it seems perhaps the real thing here is that it was a pretense because they they were really there to pick up to Paul that yes she was supposed to pack her bags get on that ship and go get married yeah yeah. Um, so, so that's not them necessarily lying, but they are withholding their their true purpose. But there is certain protocol with like the the messages. Like if something's marked personal, you know, it's, there's basically given privacy. Um, yeah. So that is kind of within the rules. You know, it is a personal matter, so it's not necessarily the business of everyone else. Um, but again, I, I do wonder if the previous episode is why they're like, okay. 
we're canceling your your role on this ship and you're gonna come get married and you know align yourself with with your your people and so she she confides a lot of details to tucker yes in this and so i need your read on this jason because to me yeah because to paul is by design she's very sort of uh she doesn't emote much she's very kind of monotone she doesn't give away anything mm-hmm. but to me uh my read on it was she she told tucker because she likes tucker like r- yes. romantically yeah and that i mean she's the one that invites tucker into her into her quarters right and and she She's almost opening the door for Tucker to, like, I don't know, ask her out or show mm-hmm. his romantic interest mm-hmm. so that she, um, you know, because she's obviously, like, going to go get married and she's like, well, this is my this is my chance to be with someone who I'm actually into as opposed to this arranged marriage. Yeah. Um, and so, but but she doesn't say any of that to Tucker. She kind of like leaves, puts the ball in his court, leaves all open to him. Yeah, gives a big open door to say, "This is your chance, buddy." Uh, right. And I don't because th- she would have to leave the Enterprise mm-hmm. right away and remain on Vulcan mm-hmm. for what was it a year? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the other interesting thing is. I want to rewind it a little bit because it was it was a conversation that T'Pol and Flux were having, and Flux kind of said, you know, you should probably talk to someone instead of keeping this inside and bottled up. Mm-hmm. And you would think that she would go to the kind doctor and say, I'm, you know, going through Ponfar. Which I I imagine this is Ponfar, the Vulcan mating ritual established in the original series, but and yet, you know, she goes to Tucker, which you know that that's that's where you're like, oh, okay, yes, there there are feelings there, right. <laughs> And and it's not without precedent. There's been various other times throughout yes. these episodes where Tucker and T'Pol have had some sort of chemistry. Usually, mm-hmm. usually of the antagonistic kind of variety, like where they're like, um, you know, you know, pulling on her pulling on her pigtails type of mm-hmm. flirting type. I don't know if it's flirting, but you know what I mean. Yeah. There's some kind of some something between them. I don't know, it, but so but again, the, the other... I don't know if I'm just reading into it wrong. <laughs> it could be totally wrong. You know, at this point, I'm not sure because she is. See, this is the interesting thing about Enterprise. One of the interesting things about Enterprise is the expansion of the Vulcans, and maybe we're getting a more. Th- realistic four-dimensional picture or three-dimensional picture of Vulcans instead of this, you know, rosy kind of were, you know, logic and all that kind of stuff. But, Mm. you know, again, as we said before, they lied and, you know, maybe 
she's a, and maybe because she's been around humans a little bit for a while mm-hmm. that it's kind of getting to her um that she's starting to let her logic down <laughs> right um mm-hmm. and allowing those emotions to come through mm-hmm. and and i want to say something which is i i really enjoyed that they talked about arranged marriage in this episode mm-hmm. tucker says you know t- arranged marriages has been you know abandoned or discarded for a long time on earth mm-hmm. and he, you know he says and, he says it went out so with slavery. slavery yeah right right and that and that was you know i think that was that's very i think that's a very provocative star trek thing to do and say to say you know it was wrong and they put it on that level that they they actually put arranged marriage and slavery on that same level (laughs) basically (laughs) and and that's you know and that's you know and obviously in context of the episode to paul did not appreciate that she found a Mm -hmm. again we're finding she found offense to that Mm -hmm. and she defended the vulcan um you know she you know she defended it and believed that tucker didn't understand her culture and her commitment to the traditions of vulcan and 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 you could see that both to and tucker coming away from that from that conversation they were both frustrated <laughs> right and she and she may have regretted you know, it seems to, at the same point, regrets that she had gone to him mm-hmm. about that topic. Right. And she says, I, I brought you here to open up to you, not not to hear criticisms about my culture. And she makes right. it clear that she's, um, her role, she almost looks at herself as serving this role within a larger, cohesive kind of society and culture in that she has to adhere to it. They seem to, you know, they're very sort of like collectivistic and um, they're, they're, they like operate as a group, as one. Mm-hmm. And their allegiance is to themselves first. But, and she makes it clear that, that, you know, she can't, you know, these are the customs of her people. It's very important to her. And, but then Tucker's like, well, what do you want to do? And like, that had never dawned on her to say like, well, you know what I mean? That's just so far removed from, from how she was brought up. Yeah. So I thought that was a cool, cool moment though, is that that is what she needed to hear, even though, you know, (laughs) Tucker's probably like the last person you would consider opening up to on an emotional level because he just comes across as like that dumb jock guy yes yes but then he comes out with that doozy well what do you want to do and you can see something kind of light up there like wow uh i hadn't thought of that (laughs) and uh so there is a, a small arc where some students from earth send some drawings oh that yes. they had done Yes. And the the crew responds, they transmit a, a video back 
to these students just explaining various things about um, how, how things work on the ship, questions the students had. So I had some questions about this, Jason. They're very inconsequential, uh, but it does tie into what we were just talking about. So first is, mm -hmm. how did these students send them stuff? Did they transport it? Can you transport stuff on a ship that is in warp? Because like they're in warp when they get this mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Or did they send like the the bits and then they like print because they send them drawings, but did they just like reprint the drawings from from data? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. So apparently, I so from what I figured, I thought. Um, that Earth has the capability of transmitting messages to ships, even while in warp. Yeah, you know, because they talk about, like, resequencing proteins. So do you think they resequence these kids' drawings? Like, they sent them the data, and then they just, like, yeah. resequenced it from that. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't actually send them a box full of drawings. No, 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 no. But yeah, but, no. but yet, Tucker is holding a piece of paper with a drawing on it when he's talking about right, right. this class that he got. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I yeah, no, I totally understand. I totally what you're saying. I totally understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, I just... Yeah, I wasn't sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I... Whether or not I, this was sent with them as a care package, hmm. I don't think it was right because it was because it was basically um, because they were kind of like comments and stuff, sort of like in real time. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't when Enterprise was first launched. Mm -hmm. I don't know how it was. I don't know how it was dispatched. Well, that would be interesting though. It's kind of in a box and it says open on month two. You right, know what I mean? like you kind of time these things. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, I don't know. Well, so it's interesting because the message to the kids to answer the kids' questions serves as exposition for us, the audience. Yeah, where you know, it. That's one thing that I love about this show is the the world building. Uh, yeah, it's just such a fascinating world, and and they do a great job of of introducing characters and devices to build it mm -hmm. out, mm -hmm. and it just adds so much depth. So, like in in this case, they just talk about how things work on the ship, and and like things that like as the audience you have to ask, you know, like they the kids ask them how do you how do you get food, and then Archer you know, talks about how they have a hydroponic sort of farm. They grow fruits and vegetables. Um, they have a chef who, who makes food and they, they also can resequence protein um, to, to sort of make all kinds of meals that you would find on earth. Mm -hmm. And the, you know, they talk about how they recycle everything on the ship, including waste, mm -hmm. um, just stuff like, just stuff like that. And yeah, there was a there was a point in there which I feel like is going to come back later, where Phlox gets a question about uh, organisms like a micro, like a like viruses or what what was it was it bacteria or bacteria bacteria mm -hmm, yeah. in space, 
And yeah. then he goes off on this this long scientific answer, but he basically says he talks about a, a pathogen that that was able to live on like dust. And I when it, when he said that, I was like, oh man, that's coming up in this episode. But it never came up. But I feel like maybe later in the series, someone's gonna get sick, really sick yep, from totally, from this to- yeah, totally, totally. But anyway, that was uh, you know that was a cool I thought little device they use for exposition but but here's the reason i brought it up is so they also talk about dating so they say is dating allowed on the ship (laughs) yeah (laughs) archer's like well you know it's allowed it's just awkward because we're all crammed together we share quarters um it's just be very inconvenient to date on the ship so Mm -hmm. but i think the reason why ultimately they added that little that little small arc in this episode is so they could get that out there yes um, as part in my mind of the T'Pol tucker budding absolutely 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 yeah absolutely (laughs) (laughs) absolutely um and so vanik goes off the enterprise he's like what they're like okay whatever uh this was a waste of time i think they all figured it was a waste of time um of course because it's it's drama the drilling experiment goes awry well archer concluded that dinner by saying accusing the vulcans of spying (laughs) and kicked them off the ship yeah right (laughs) yeah he says uh please escort uh vanek yeah Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, things go awry on the comet. Um, the you know they're able to salvage you know like they fall down the hole or whatever. They're able to yeah. salvage a, a tube of what they're collecting, and uh, I, the Isilium. Yeah, and uh, Reed and Mayweather try to take off. Um, their, their thrusters kind of hold- melt some ice, and what's that? Uh, yeah. So the other thing I wanted. So now that we're back yeah. with Reed and Mayweather, mm-hmm. so. They set a an explosive device, mm-hmm. and it and the explosion has somehow somewhat has somehow altered mm. the trajectory of the comet towards the sun. So now Mayweather and Reed are in a race. Right? <laughs> yeah, they have two hours before the comet rotates. Yeah. And because there's no atmosphere, it's going to it's going to get super hot. Yeah, right? Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It's going to heat up several hundred degrees. Like they're yes. they're going to fry. Yes. Yes. And so Yeah, they do at- Now it's off to the races. Right, exactly. And so, you know, they are they're booking it out of there. And of course yep. things go wrong. The ship falls down a crevasse. Um Yeah. So we learn more and more more world building. So it was all it was all cool. All this world building is awesome. So the Enterprise we learn is equipped with like a grappling hook. So yes, and, that was cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and also we learn we experience and get to see Archer's piloting skills. Archer takes over the controls or whatever, yeah. and he's like, "Let me get, let me get her down there." So he basically manually takes the ship right up to the comet. Uh, they shoot the grappling hook at the shuttle that Reed and Mayweather are in. They try to pull it up. Grappling hook isn't cutting it. It's kind of getting caught on stuff. 
And that's when T'Pol's like, ask Vanek for help, Archer. No, 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 no. Hold on. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Vanek offers help. Yeah. He initially offers help. Mm -hmm. Captain Archer decides not to. Right. He refuses the help at first. Mm Mm-hmm. But then, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's a pride thing, because this guy, they obviously aren't friends, and they're off to a really <laughs> bad start. He's not going to go ask this guy for help. But things are super urgent. Paul's like, they have a tractor beam. They can suck it up like like it's nothing. Which is cool, because we get this is the first time we hear of the tractor beam. Yeah, exactly. It's Vulcan technology. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like, not only are we world building, we're also... Uh, getting the origin story just like just like we did um with the with the holographic technology previously yeah. and stuff like that and and the the trans the transporter etc mm-hmm. etc um so finally uh to pull has a good spin on it she's like vanek is expecting you to not ask for help so yeah. why don't you defy his expectations and ask for help yeah. um so that was a good spin on it so that's what they do the, they use the tractor beam, the Vulcans use it. Uh, they're able to get the shuttle out of, of the dangerous situation. And um, yeah, they, uh, the Vulcans help them in that way. And then mm-hmm. of course, uh, when they ask them about the tractor beam, the Vulcans say that it's classified. However, I, I uh, su- suppose that eventually the humans are going to get their hands on this technology, right? Because I assume in later series and movies, they have a tractor beam, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how or, or when or why, but it, apparently yeah. it will get declassified. The humans get yeah. their hands on it. Yeah. Um, Jason, there was one other thing. So yeah, when they're, when Archer uh, to Paul Tucker and Vanek are eating dinner. Oh yes. You know, they're, they're trying they're trying to have a, a normal dinner with Vanek, even though he's not having it and they're just trying to make conversation and and um archer's like that's a great ship you got there you know i was a guest on a vulcan ship and we went out to a nebula and we we put this like telescope out there and i i did a spacewalk and i helped them install it um so that was interesting because you know, up up to this point, and it's so like in the Terra Nova episode, I pointed out how I was wrong about, like, like I had said that the humans hadn't ventured out very far, but obviously with Terra yeah. Nova they had. Mm-hmm. Um, and then here's a nut, another instance where at least Archer have gone out further than than I had previously said they they did. We don't know how far this nebula was, but. You got to think there's no nebula nebulae in the solar system, so it had to be pretty far. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it could be semantics. It could be, you know, to say that humans haven't explored this far. One guy going on a as a guest out to the nebula isn't the same as the human race as a whole exploring. Um, yeah so it could be semantics there i don't know Uh, but i did want to point that out because obviously like in other episodes when i was saying that these humans are now out further than any human has ever been that that obviously wasn't true 
Yeah. As we already so, established uh, in Ternova, but so, now even and more so. The, the nebula, the ne- <laughs> the nebula may have been just you know right next door, just outside the solar system or a little bit further, mm-hmm. or the fact that you know one visit to one nebula as a guest on a Vulcan ship is not to Archer. You know, to him, wasn't that that might have just been around the block. <laughs> right mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and it wasn't on their own but now that they've achieved this warp 5 technology engine now they can go even further than just around the block so i i i would agree with i would agree with you that it could have just it was probably semantics mm-hmm. that it was just you know this nebula was just outside the solar system or you know right mm-hmm yeah, and and it, I and it was a one-time deal, and it was well, perhaps I was just a guest, <laughs> right? Perhaps I yeah. should go back to the pilot and just see, like, if they do how they word things, because mm-hmm. you know there is a chance with new writers and new directors and stuff. There's a chance that you know they they have some continuity issues, and they you know that they don't catch. I, I would like to think that everything is. A hundred percent airtight all the time, but obviously, uh, things happen. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe we'll look into that next episode. I'll I'll try to I'll try to rewatch some of uh, the pilot to see, because I am I am very interested in that part of it. Um, how far we weren't, how far right. we've been able to go, right? Yeah. Before this. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and then um, so you know. We're impressed by the tractor beam. We're not going to get our hands yes. on it anytime soon. Yeah, but the Vulcans especially not Vulcans did especially help. not after what you did, right? Yeah, on Terra uh, uh, Pajem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then so, and then now that this whole thing, this whole situation is resolved, now it all falls onto Paul to make a decision. Yeah, is she, but is she going to go or but, not? But Paul to uh, not to Paul, but Captain Archer does. He is. He tries to be friendly, mm-hmm. you know, and he's willing to share the data. And Vanek said, "Nah, not interested." <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I thought that I was surprised at that. It seems like the Vulcans would have been all over that. Yes. But, but I think it's clear that they were there to pick up to Paul, and then she ultimately decides to stay in the Enterprise. Yeah. Uh, which. Um, I found it more interesting that she got herself a slice of pecan pie. Yeah. Ooh, wow. I was like, whoa, cool. Whoa. <laughs> it wasn't like a bowl of Vulcan plomeek soup or anything. <laughs> sorry, sorry, listeners. That's, that's, that's real nerdy. <laughs> no, hey, man, this is nerd out to the extreme if you, anytime but yeah can. no i so i thought i was i go oh okay yeah because earlier in the episode she says like that has sugar in it like we don't yeah we don't it, eat sugar. it was tucker <laughs> it was tucker right yeah. who had ordered yeah yeah and so this and again this harkens back to you know that this what tucker was saying or doing or who he is hit a hit a chord with her mm-hmm that she turns this corner and she's when she you know gets herself a pecan pie or a, a slice of pecan pie right yeah tucker says 
like well it's bad for your body but it's good for your soul you know yeah it's a very human like you know very very human thing to say and think it's like Mm -hmm. yeah we know we get it the sugar's bad for you but it tastes good (laughs) we're on we're on this like gray ship in the middle of space you know like it's okay to like indulge you know like it kind of gets Mm -hmm. you through the day but yeah exactly that's just not really how the vulcans roll so yeah (laughs) But she gets one at the end, like you said. So, and that's that's the closing shot of the show. Yeah. So, so buddy, I'm sorry, but I know we're supposed to talk about Reed again, but we talked about to Paul quite a bit today. Well, in this episode, that's all right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think we covered Reed good enough. You know, I just like, I just wanted to make sure we had some coverage of all the major characters. You know, sure. I I assume we're getting to a point in the show when they're gonna have maybe some recurring new characters. Maybe not. Um, but uh, you know, and we can address those as they as they occur. But you know, I think we've at this point, I think we've covered um, like the main characters in our character yeah. highlights, which is nice. And yes, and uh, now we don't have to feel like we're letting our listeners down. Yeah. And and one thing I did want to say, and I want to say this every episode, is we still we haven't learned anything about the temporal civil war, the dark shadowy figure. Um, you know what I mean with with the uh, the Klingon civil war. Any, yeah. any anything anything uh, with that with the what yeah. what I thought would be the main arc. I mean, there's plenty of time, obviously. But uh, that's something that I'm always curious is if they're gonna call back to to that stuff. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. This is so as a Star Trek watcher, follower, fan. This is something that they do a lot. Uh, they will go start an arc, and they won't. And they typically, and there are many times that it's not addressed the next week, right? Mm-hmm. It's it. It'll be something different the next week or the next episode. Mm-hmm. And the and these are long building arcs throughout the season, and potentially the series of this show, right. the Temporal Civil War, mm-hmm. relationships with the Klingons, right? All this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it, yeah, it's it usually. It'd be interesting to see. Going on that kind of a little tangent, but it'd be interesting to see. If that would kind of not work today. <laughs> you mean in modern television? Yeah, in modern television. Because cause as an audience, and maybe, you know, in studios, I noticed that, you know, we want it, oh, we want this to be concluded, you know, mm-hmm. next week. Right. Or, you know, next episode. Yeah, and they go into it to such a granular detail. Um, yeah with with some yeah you're right i don't i don't know this this show mixes and matches you know like yes it does modern tv shows don't necessarily do that they they're either super episodic and they just like every every week is something completely new Mm -hmm. or it just like it, it's serialized. Or, yeah, or you have to watch every single episode, yeah. every minute, without blinking, or otherwise yeah. you're lost. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, 
Great. Well, anything else you want to talk about for this episode, Jason? Uh, no, I think we got, I think we, I think we got it. I think we covered it. I think we covered everything. I think so too. Yeah. Next week, next week, like I said, I'm going to try to look in more into that, that human exploration component. That's something that (laughs) just interests me personally. I don't know why I'm Mm -hmm. hung up on it. I am hung up on it though. And also see how far we've gotten. Yeah. Well, and then I'm also just interested to see if they continue to to rotate the the production, and the the writing mm. and the directing. I, mm. I want to know. Uh, I'm curious to see how that plays out next week. If if they keep doing that, if if Brian and Braga are going to make occasional appearances, uh, Rick Berman and Brian Braga are going to make appearances again, or if if now they're just taking a a totally kind of just backseat role. I, I don't know. So, that, but that's it, man. Thank you. And live long Thank and prosper. You. Yeah, may the force be with you. Uh-huh.